and welcome to a long overdue episode of Turnstiles and Tribulations. Chris and I unfortunately have busy lives and we aren't able to record as much, but we are back yet again and we feel that we needed to be back to help G the team on as we all know the only reason we were doing so well is because this podcast started this year. So we're back to help give the lads the final push to get over the line. So welcome back, everybody. All three of you that listen, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> back like we never left. <laughs> exactly. Mate, the momentum is on a high. It's like we're at the top of a 100-foot wave. Yeah. Um, have you seen... I'm going to go off topic immediately oh, just because yeah. of um, what you said there. Have yeah. you seen the Nicolas Cage film where he plays himself? Yes. Yeah. And he has that catchphrase of... Um, we're back, not like not like I went anywhere. <laughs> I think that's I think that's us. We're back, not like we went anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And I actually that was quite a funny film, although it was a bit too long. I, it, I lost interest after about an hour and a half. So I think it's oh, like, I've, it's I've like watched a, it twice now. It's like a two-hour film. I just kind of get bored a bit once it all gets a bit spy at the end. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we should do a podcast on that one time. Okay, love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot has happened since we last recorded. So much so, Chris and I don't even know what episode number this is. It's probably like fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Um, and I can't remember the last one we did. I think it would have been after the Tottenham game or Man United game. Um, so we're talking late January. Yeah, that sounds about right. I can't remember um, off the top of my head how many we've done, like you said, or what game it was. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt we would have been winning because we were winning at that point. Yeah. So um, And a few things have changed for instance, since then. Yeah, so we hold our hands up. It's our fault um, that there's been this mini thing going on, which we'll come across uh, as we get chatted. So here we are. It's Sunday morning after what was a very dramatic 3 all at the Emirates against bottom of the table Southampton Um, I think we should attack this on this game and then when we maybe kind of get towards the end of discussing this game we can discuss the gap that we haven't been talking if you want and our feelings on that what does that sound like a plan yeah that sounds good yeah Um, whereabouts in the Southampton game do you want to start I think about one second in is probably a good place to start um, yeah, there's some talking points <laughs> quite early on. <laughs> I think we could start even on the uh, lineup. Obviously, you and I have continued to discuss all things football while we've been off air, but um, the lineup is very much it is what it is right now because of the injuries that we've got. The one kind of at the time of the announcement of the lineup, happy surprise, was that Zinchenko was fit. Uh, and he came back in. Um, other than that, I think the only uh, other surprise was that Xhaka was sick um, and Fabio Vieira came in. Um, yep. Trossard's still on the bench. We do have a wealth of options now from the bench in the uh, attacking line. Um, so there is a chance that there's going to be like a Trossard start and any one of the front three doesn't. But uh, that hasn't happened in a while now that Jesus is back fit. So the team is what the team can be. And um, and we take to the field against Southampton. Um, 
Chris, why don't you start us off with what you think happened? Um, <laughs> head in your hands already. <laughs> oh no. Um, well, the the first goal that they score, the first of three goals that bottom of the league Southampton score at the Emirates against top of the table Arsenal against top of the table Arsenal when we really need to win. The Aaron Ramsdale mistake is just one that people will say it happens because of the style of football that we have, because we try and play out from the back, because we try and build up and play short passes there and draw opponents on. And there's definitely part of that that comes into it. I think there's a slight lack of focus from him at that moment. And I also think that the uh, attacker, was it Alvarez or Alcaraz or Alcatraz or... Yeah, Alcatraz, um, that's the one. Alcatraz, The Rock, yeah. Nicolas Cage, Yeah, we're back. There we go, Sean Connery. Full um, circle, real quick. Uh, yeah, wh- whoever it is there, the attacker, I think he's just out of his eye line. He's just behind um, Thomas Party as he moves. And just for a second, he sees a gap, Ramsdale, he tries to play the pass and he doesn't execute it well enough. Um, we're at, and I don't want to jump ahead, but we're at a point of the season where it feels like we're getting punished for every error we make. Mm -hmm. And there was periods at the start of the season when we were making certain mistakes and we weren't being punished. And there's a certain chaos, randomness to football that it just feels like sometimes when things go wrong, they all go wrong at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that, felt to me just like a symptom of that. Even when uh, Alcatraz (laughs) picks up the ball, there's still a lot for him to do. He could miss the target. And if he misses, maybe that refocuses the team immediately. And maybe we go on and blow Southampton away. And that's that little moment, that little butterfly effect, that little turning point that goes against you. And it just feels like there's a lot of those going on. But that, for me, it was just an error that can happen that's got a few different reasons behind it. I, I don't think it's one that um, would happen or or has happened early in the season. We've seen Ramsdale give the ball away in positions like that before and recover and make a save or a defender comes in and makes a tackle. It's just a little bit of an unlucky situation that it happens right at the start of the game and affects then the momentum for the rest of the game. Did you think he That's should That's how I read it? it anyway. Should have saved? No, but there's a chance that he saves it. I think early in the season, the way that his form was, he saves it. Mm-hmm. I think he should have saved Early it. in the season, I think maybe the striker misses it. It just feels like... I don't know, just a, an amalgamation of things where it just goes wrong in that moment and, um, yeah, well, they score. Well, is that down to the fact it is the run into the end of the Premier League season? So this year's table has shaped out in a way I've not, I can't recall seeing. I never really pay attention to the bottom of the table. Um, but there is no middle. There is no mid-table, really. You've got... Uh, maybe there kind of is. You've got us and City who are 
well ahead of everybody else uh, below us. Um, and we'll come on to uh, St. Totteringham's Day later. Um, but we're well ahead of everybody else. But then from third down to tenth, not m- many points separating. Then you've got the bottom half of the table populated by all the crap teams like Nottingham Forest or Southampton or Chelsea. All of those really shit ones who are in the bottom half of the table. And everyone is clawing and fighting to not have a bad thing happen to them now. So Southampton, Everton, Leicester, all of those lot, Chelsea, they're all fighting to stave off relegation. Um, And then you've got the teams like Arsenal, City fighting for a title. You've got the Newcastles, Brightons um, fighting for third and fourth. Um, And then you've got everyone else who's going to come somewhere down below after that. Is it because so much now rests on these games that the opposition are that next level? Even though they're bottom of the table, they are as heightened as they can be. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe there is. Maybe you'd be you'd rather be playing teams who are mid table, teams who've got nothing to play for at this point in the season, um, who are sort of already thinking about their summer breaks and um, you know, stopping playing football. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'd rather that than playing teams who are fighting for Europe or or at the bottom. But it's just it it's a reality of the situation, right? That you're going to have to play a, a variety of different teams, a variety of different styles, and you have to be able to, I don't know, um, accommodate how you play and get results in these games. And the, I don't know whether it's pressure or um, the fact that, that those teams are really playing for something still, but you still have to go out there and, mm-hmm. and do the job, don't you? And on the flip side, because we're fighting so hard for something, we should also be heightened. Um, but yeah, we we concede that early goal and that was a kick in the face. I couldn't quite believe it. You know, everyone had talked about, we're going to go into it. This will be the result that helps steady the shipping a little bit. Um, and, you know, people are predicting two, three, four nil wins and we're behind after 30 seconds at home. Um, yeah, and we still didn't really get a foothold in the game. I didn't think we still didn't really um, impose ourselves at this point. And to me, we look nervous. Um, I think that's just in-game nervousness, not like what's happening in and around the positions in the league. I think it's just an in-game nervous. We're like, crap, we're one nil down. Um, we need to rally. The big benefit of going 1-0 down after 30 seconds is you've still got 90 minutes to fix it. Um, it's way better yeah. to go 1-0 down then than in the 89th minute. So uh, we plod on a little bit. Not too much happens. And then Theo fucking Walcott comes along and scores when... You and I have seen him go through like that one-on-one with a keeper maybe a hundred times and he and he misses like 96% of them. Like he'll somehow always hit it at like De Gea's legs or he'll always somehow hit it 
against whoever and and not score. But of course, the true and true striker that he is, the predator that Theo Walcott is, lashes it home against us. Um, and so we're 2-0 down after, what, 14 minutes? Something like yeah, that. Um, uh, you know, nightmare start, isn't it? Personified. Yeah. Um, but that that's, I mean, that second goal comes from, I think, more of a mistake on our part. Odegaard playing it blind into midfield and then us not making a foul there in that transition period. But And then even that pass from um, their striker into Walcott is timed absolutely perfectly. Um, just, you know, behind Gabriel, he loses sight of Walcott. And like you say, uh, we've seen Walcott go through there and try and chip the ball over the goalkeeper and put it into about row H. Um and yeah, it, again, it's the randomness of football that he finishes that because again, there's a chance that we make that mistake and it doesn't get punished. Yeah, but it at the moment it just feels like everything we do wrong, every misplaced pass ends up with a decent chance for the opposition, and they manage to put them away. Um, and that makes all the difference, right? That's that's what Arteta was saying on early in the season about being the best team in the box and not being the best team in the box and losing games because of that. You know, great example of, of a team in, in Southampton who didn't have many chances there, but they put them all away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up having loads of chances and didn't score enough of them. So, and that's the story of the game, isn't it? So with that in mind, do you want us to alter our approach and be less risk-averse? Or do you want us to carry on playing like we are? I think what we're doing works and has worked all season so far. So I don't think it's a case of changing it and being more pragmatic or anything like that. I think it's just being as focused as we can be. And it's an easy thing to say, be focused. Same as it's an easy thing to say, you know, don't let somebody free on the back post. But it it happens, doesn't it, now and again. I don't like the term luck in football because you're in control of what you do and you're in control of where you stand and you're in control of whether you're looking at the opposition or not. Mm, but I'm going to interject there. There's a lot of luck involved in that in that Southampton performance. I am going to interject there because I am still sore about it. And when you look at the maths of the table right now, it matters. There was no luck in terms of what we did against Brentford. We did everything right. We conceded a goal that wasn't a goal, and then yet it was given, and we lost two points. And if results go a certain way on Wednesday, and then both teams carry on winning after that, those two points are going to cost us. And I hate having to be bitter about this still, but I am. Um, And that's nothing to do with us that is a cut and dry mistake from someone else that has cost us being seven points clear right now not five yeah there's there's something in that but again it's uh that's a moment in a game and you have the rest of the game to and there's only recover a few minutes from that. left in that game but you have all the game up to that point true and we did and we did miss chances it, you know? funny enough 
we missed chances in this game. I think uh, Jesus could have had a hat trick. We missed a lot of chances. Yeah, so we'll come on to that probably now. Because did you did you before before we get into that? Did you have any like what was your mood when the second goal goes in? Did you did you still think? we're going to win this game because we've been great so far this season? Or did you have that sinking feeling that, you know, it's all going wrong? Um, It was a weird one. Do you know what? At this point, I even considered uh, setting up a phone and just having it record me for watching this game because I was very jittery, very jittery. Even after the first goal then went in, Normally, I'm hyper-focused on the football and even if we're losing, whatever, I'm just like, I'm on that. I got up and started doing things. Like, I was uh, moving around. You know what my place is like, but for those who don't, I have an open plan uh, living. So, I wandered to the kitchen and I was like, I put the kettle on and I never I never do that when the game's happening. I'll always wait until half-time and stuff like that or... or I was moving around some papers um, and I was walking around a lot behind my sofa, just like pacing back and forth. Um, It was weird. I didn't want to watch, couldn't watch, couldn't not watch. um, And I really didn't know how I was feeling in a way. But in terms of the result and what was, what did I think was going to happen? Yeah, I, I was like, Two goals we can do. I don't know if we can do a third to win it. But I was like, two goals we can do and we've still got a long way to go. Um, Watching the game play out so many times, especially teams that are, say, smaller in terms of their league position versus the bigger. You know, if a team goes to the Etihad, for example, you're like, oh, can you get through the first 10 minutes without conceding? Can you get to the 20, 25 minutes without conceding and, and you know you break up the game into blocks I'm watching that and we're breaking up the game and and I'm thinking about breaking up the game into blocks and I'm like are oh, Southampton just going to sit deep now like they were defensive-ish uh, after the first goal are they now just going to do the classic 10 men behind the ball and we can't get through um, so I was I, I thought we could score but I didn't I wasn't like, we'll win this. But I knew we could score. And thankfully, uh, Gabby Martinelli, shortly after their second, proved me right. And we do get that goal reasonably quickly um, to give those in the stadium, those of us at home, some belief. And so that then sat me back down that it kind of, it wasn't so much that I couldn't watch anymore. I was like, right, okay, I can I can watch and take this torture a little bit easier now. I'll sit back down and focus. Um, what about you? Were you instantly thinking, Bournemouth, here comes three goals, we'll have this wrapped up by the end of the game? Or were you worried? I was still pretty confident. Even as Walcott scored, I was still pretty confident. And it's, what, five minutes until Martin Lee scores. And the moment that goes in, I think I'm the, I'm the same as you there. You start thinking about, okay, we need to get one in the next X amount of minutes so that we can get the rest. And you start working out like that. I, I think when you score one, 
five minutes afterwards and after 20 minutes it's 2-1 my thought process is okay we're still going to win this game there's still plenty of time we're still at home you know they're still bottom of the league and their heads will drop a little bit from that position because they know they've conceded so quickly Um, even it was quite strange obviously that after the second goal there's the little huddle from Arsenal and Zinchenko tries to get everybody in and he's um, talking to everybody and obviously trying to get the spirits up. And in the moment that Southampton concede, they do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and Ward-Prowse is getting players together and obviously saying, you know, there's only one goal and, and whatever. And yeah, seeing them do that made me think they're going to struggle. They're going to panic here. Because it, if that's the mentality of the captain at that point, then it's like... Um, he, like he knows that the team is maybe weak mentally, yeah. and they they obviously are weak mentally because they're right down the bottom. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's there's a reason for that more than just the quality of the players. So at that point, two one, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to steamroll them here, and we'll start scoring goals. And I, I think I saw Martinelli and Saka having so much impact in the wide areas, getting in behind, even before we scored, that I thought this will be easy enough. Um, didn't turn out like that, obviously, no. but um, I thought we created plenty of chances, so it wasn't a it wasn't a panicky watch for me at that point. I was still quite positive about things. Right. I was, without us levelling at the break, that for me was an indicator of like, you, we've seen this happen before, we know this script um that teams will sink further and further back to hold on to their lead against us especially teams like Southampton who are bottom currently and so for me not taking some of the chances that we had in that first half um that came at 2-1 and not scoring at half time I was like oh, crap uh gives them a chance to get in reorganize rethink it and come out renewed um not that i'm discounting the opportunity that we get to also do the same thing discuss what they're going to do come out have a plan uh, and hopefully put it into action but then we get to 60 minutes in the game and still no change in the scoreline um although i think trossard was coming on at that point was he or was it just a little bit after 60 minutes um and we definitely, do you know what? I, I'd kind of forgotten about him. I was so hyper-focused on the 11 on the pitch. I wasn't even thinking about substitutions at all. I wasn't, I didn't even have that in my mind. It was really weird, actually. Um, but uh, was it 65 minutes when they scored something around there? Yeah, something like that, 60-something. So... They get a corner off of what was sloppy in possession, I thought. And I thought that was a theme throughout the game. I thought that off the ball, we weren't moving well enough to give the outlets we would normally. Um, and I don't think we've been doing that for the last couple of weeks um, in periods of the games. Because as we know, against Liverpool and as we know against West Ham, we looked the best footballing team in the country on merit against Liverpool at home for half an hour. So 
we were doing the good work. And I think uh, same against West Ham for the period we did it there. But in this game, there was none of that kind of imperious play by us. It all looked a little sloppy. Um, and they get a corner. And then Southampton, they looked up for it. The uh, the guy with the highlights was jeering up the fans, was waiting for the corner to be taken. And the ball comes in near post flick on. Uh, Zinchenko completely loses his man. And it's, it's like he's playing a game of stuck in the mud from back in the day. And he just drifts in at the back post uh, and puts it in with zero Arsenal pressure on him. And that got me angry. That I was really frustrated to see us concede that goal. Um, and from that point, I was, after throwing a number of pillows uh, around the living room um, and punching them and screaming into them, uh, one then sat with me for the rest of the game to shield my eyes at points <laughs> and 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 that was where I was at that point I mean do, do you have anything you want to add to that or are you happy with that summarization? Yeah I do because the that third goal I hate that third goal so much I think it's one of the worst goals we've conceded all season and it's completely avoidable and the reason I have so much of an issue with it is we've been really good at set pieces, especially from an attacking sense. And we've obviously lauded on this podcast, um, Nicholas Jova for the set piece work that he's oh, done he, with the team he was not happy. over the season. Um, that one is an absolute shambles. Um, I don't think you'll see a worse defended corner this season. By any team. Oh, I don't know. Uh, there's there's so many issues with it. So many issues with it. There's 11... So we have all of our players in the box. All 11 players are in the box. And with those 11 players, you've got nobody on either post. You've got nobody man-marking Coletta, who's their centre-back, who scores the goal. Um, Holding gets beaten... Um, by a run because he doesn't look behind him um, for that flick on. Zinchenko gets beaten because he stands still. Saka and Jesus are marking nobody. As the ball is kicked, I think Thomas Partey is facing a different direction. Um, That ball that comes in from Ward-Prowse even, if Ramsdale's a little bit more focused, a little bit more switched on, maybe he can even get to that ball. I just think there's there's nobody really in that moment who feels themselves with any credit. Mm-hmm. And actually, you mentioned that blonde um, guy. If the ball ends up at the back post from Ward Prowse, Coletta scores anyway. If the ball goes a little bit deeper than it does, he scores that blonde guy yeah. because he's run off of, I think it's Saka or Saka. Um, whoever's supposed to be watching him. Yeah. You know, wherever that ball lands in the in the area, they score. Um, I think it's a really poor execution of whatever they're trying to do. I don't mind zonal marking. I've got no issue with it. And no issue with not having men on the post. It's fine. But if you've got 11 players in the box, 
you have to be they have to be doing something rather than just standing there and it was for me that goal is avoidable because we're so focused on trying to get a goal ourselves that we don't think about defending it mm-hmm. um our focus is on scoring the next goal scoring the next goal oh there's a corner let's get this over with and attack again and that massively costs us yeah. because i think if that you know if you defend that well then you've got you know going into the last minutes when we do manage to get loads of chances and the pressure is on um them you don't have to score as many goals simple as that but that so that one really annoyed me really frustrated me and what did you think at that point are you still confident that we're coming back and scoring three more goals with that much time left three goals no i thought there was a chance to get a draw yeah. at that point because we've seen this team does have something. Yeah. Um, they do have that capacity to, to score goals, especially at the end of games. And we've seen players come on and make a difference as well. So I still thought there was something in the game for us. Yeah. But at that point, I think I felt there's no way we can win it. Yeah. There's no way we can get three here. Um, and I think you could tell by the players' reaction when they trudged back to the centre circle that, you know, heads heads were dropped and it's hard to come back from that. It is. No matter how good you are, it's it's rare that those kind of deficits are overturned. Um, we briefly mentioned our wastefulness in front of goal. Uh, Jesus had a really good header that he put wide. Jesus had one of those kind of um, in-swinging to the goal balls that he beats the back line and, and sticks a toe out. And again, maybe 80% of the time he manages to tuck that away. Um, you know, in training, that's the kind of thing they show us all the time. Um, what other chances were there? I'm trying to think of any clear He had a lot, and especially think. in those last few minutes. He had that one where he slides in and puts it over. And, yeah. um, I think he had two headers. There was one where um, Martinelli could have maybe flung himself at one, I think, in the first half. Um, yeah. That reminded me very Euro 96. Um, Darren Anderton trying to slide in and, and miss in the semi final against uh, Germany. Like, just throw yourself at that. Um, yeah. Odegaard missed a header that um, yes. was a really good cross that he, he probably open should have goal. done better with. Yeah, that would not open goal, but like. For him, with that, you know, zero pressure on him, yeah, you want him to at least hit the target. Um, so we had lots of chances and we didn't take them. And yeah, by that point, the pillow was mainly being used for biting and for covering my eyes. Um, but at no point do I stop um, supporting the team and, and wanting to get that win. I, I, it's almost desperation at that point to, to get that win. Um, I don't know if you noticed it. Was it on TV live in the UK? Yeah. So yeah, it was on when you were watching, did you notice that with 10 minutes to go, I would say a good 50% of the lower bowl, was emptying. Well, I had no idea at that point. Um, it's something I've seen mentioned um, after the event, and obviously you mentioned it to me. But 
yeah, while the game was going on, completely oblivious to to the crowd, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so focused on, you know, us being wasteful and, and not putting chances away that it, it didn't, yeah, it didn't register with me. I was so annoyed by that. I understand for being a match going fan in the past, uh, I understand those who need to nip off 10 minutes early to get a train and those who generally like to try and beat the rush. It does take a little while to get out of the stadium after the game when everyone gets up at the same time. I understand that. This wasn't that. This was a swathe of fans who had given up. This was a swathe of fans who, especially in the UK, sadly, um, I can block out Sky Sports News quite comfortably from Canada. It's really nice. I don't have to look at the stupid things that Gary Neville says, um, and I really appreciate it. You guys, unfortunately, are force-fed all of the narrative and BS that they spew out, and I think that that has gotten to people. But I was shocked that people left at that point. You and I have stood there at Old Trafford in the away end while we got absolutely hammered 8-2, clapping and singing the whole way through. Uh, I was at the Reading game in the League Cup when we were like, three one down at half time and people were streaming out and we end up winning that game seven five marijuana shamak even scored i was there okay crazy things happen in football games if that guy can score and for everything that this team has done this year all of the joy that it brings us as well as the angst don't get me wrong but all of the joy they deserve to have the the mass of people stay because not everyone's rushing off to get a train um i was really disappointed by that really disappointed by that after everything that they've done for our match going fans to just kind of be like oh no you i've lost faith i'm out of here and then to all come screeching back into their seats and fill the bowl back up again moments later when erdegaard scores yeah that really irked me that did Really irked me. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a good look because the fans have been incredible this season. They've been amazing. Um, by all accounts, home and away, um, and it's yeah, you shouldn't be forgetting over the course of ninety minutes everything that's come before this season, um, because there, there's been such a good feeling. I mean, we've been there when the Emirates has been really toxic. Um, and stay to the end of games we've been, like you say, losing and drawing in seasons that were going absolutely nowhere because, the, you know, the players are still doing their best, hopefully, 90% of them, 99% of them. Um, not Sylvester sometimes, but, you know, the rest of them. <laughs> hey, I remember seeing him score a great header against Wigan and we won 3-2. There you go. So even he had his day. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's, you know, we're there for better or worse. Um, and it's always good to see the team off at the end and, you know, clap them off whether they've performed well or not because they need us and we need them. Um, and it's been a really good relationship with all the players this season. Massive change from, from like you say, how it's been in the past. And, yeah, it's a shame to see people give up walking out and forgetting that. Yeah, yeah, giving up because the players obviously didn't give up in that game. No. You know, we're still there in the the last few seconds chances to win the game and 
Um, we've done it this season, plenty of times. Yeah. So, you know. And that's what I mean. I think it, the pressure of it and the narrative that has been, you know, spewed out in the UK, you and I have talked about it and I found it very interesting. Um, the thing that you and I talked about was how uh, Granite Xhaka was criticised from the Liverpool game. Um, and I think a lot of it, I listened to the audio, a lot of it was down to the commentary that you guys hear. Um, and then those same people with those same agendas, Gary Neville, you prick, um, you know, kind of just using anything they can to stick the boot in. Whereas that, to me, not hearing those kind of things said, I didn't have that in my mind at all about Granite Xhaka. And I've always been Granite Xhaka's biggest fan. So I was very gutted to hear that people were having a go at him. But I, I do think that that does play a part in it, um, that, you know, your surroundings and stuff. So... Uh, yeah, like I say, I was just just was disappointed with that. And for me, the reason why I've always stayed is because if something crazy happens, I think the Reading game is probably the best one to think of. If something mental happens, I can say I was there. You get the exhilarating feeling of of watching it. Um, whereas if you've walked out. Like, I remember even in the All or Nothing, they were talking to fans outside the Etihad after they'd walked out after like 20 minutes, half an hour. You never know in football what can happen. And I, I can't get on board with that kind of mentality. Like, because, yeah, it sucks being in there if you do end up losing. Um, but if you do manage to pull something off, then you're you're able to say I was there. Because you can't tell your grandkids, oh yeah, I was there, but oh, I left after sixty minutes, so I didn't actually see the good bit. Um, yeah. Right. So Erdegaard takes it upon himself. He's not been subbed off in this game with ten fifteen minutes to go, and he proves that maybe he shouldn't be subbed off with ten fifteen minutes to go by scoring a goal with a couple of minutes left. Um, as we've mentioned, he should have Great scored finish. earlier. But yeah, it's very much what he's done. Very sacker against Man United-esque as well. Kind of getting the ball yeah. over on that uh, right side. couple of defenders, he gets round them. And at that point, I'm, yeah, I'm like, come on. We can. We can. Like, let's do this. We knew we had a lot of stoppage time to come at that point. So I was like, yes, let's go. Then to score again so quickly after that and bring it back to three all, I was definitely like, right, this is on. We we can do this. We will do this. Reese Nelson's on the pitch. Uh, everything will be just fine. Uh, and Nelson, who contributed to that third goal, by the way, with uh, that shot from the left side that went through um, and then bounced back out towards Saka to to poke home which I thought was a very good finish through a lot of legs and the goalkeeper's arms and so on there was he could easily and we did there were so many times in the last 10-15 minutes where we had really good shots that were blocked either by limbs of the opposition or even I think once or twice by ourselves um, I thought that was a very cool finish uh, to tuck that away at that point in the game 
really composed, um, really composed. And like you say, we had loads of chances in that eight minutes, was it, of injury time yeah. to um, to get a winner. And obviously, and that's another thing. We just talked about fans leaving. There was eight minutes of injury time. Mm. So if you left after whatever, then you missed like 10, 15 minutes of the game. Um, but yeah, there's there's loads of chances. The the one that lands at Reese Nelson's feet um, felt to me like it went in slow motion, slow motion <laughs> because he hits it and you just, obviously this is after the event, but you just think of Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, and it just squirmed. It got a little deflection, just squirmed out for a corner rather than, than going in the bottom of the net. And they're the ones like, you know, like I was saying right at the start, that's not luck. That's, you know, good defending or a block or whatever, but there's just a little bit of a chance that it just goes in the bottom corner and then, you know, the narrative changes and it's an incredible comeback and we've done it again and we're on the on the run and, Yes, it was um, an exhilarating eight minutes. Like I was on the floor um, <laughs> writhing around at that moment. Um, I think I'd slipped off the front of the sofa um, because th- there's so many chances. There's also one that there's a bit of a goal mouth scramble. It's only five yards out, I think. We're the sort of players in the six-yard box mm-hmm. and it falls to Jesus and... I think he tries to buy a penalty. I think yeah. he goes down a little bit easy. I think he's backs the goal, so it's hard to shoot or, or something like that. But he, he goes down a bit easily. Um, and obviously, there's there's a VAR check, and we don't see that did you close, see, close enough ourselves. But Did you see any of the VAR replays on British coverage? Uh, I don't think we did. I didn't. I don't think we did. I heard, I heard them mention that they were checking. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we saw anything. I didn't see one replay. There was one when it was in a very frantic period of the game, I think around uh, the early part after the restart in the second half. Um, but it was very end-to-end at that point, so they weren't breaking away from the live action. But I think we had... there was, I think it was Jesus was calling for a handball and was very like, this was a handball yeah. and stuff. Not seen anything. And you know what? Because of the delay with the whole uh, Lino having um, battery pack issues and communication, there was a part of me where I was like, do you know what? We are absolutely the team that will have a VAR call being made in our favour, but for some reason, the communication doesn't work for the stadium. <laughs> like You would have the VAR going, yep, yeah, stop the game. You need to go and have a look. Yep, yeah, stop the game. Hello, can you hear me? And the ref just is uh, just ignoring it or can't hear it because yeah. of technical difficulties. We absolutely will be the first team in the world that that happens to. I guarantee it. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, again, I, other people when they talk about it, oh, I don't want to bang on about the referees or talk about conspiracies. Fuck them. Like, <laughs> why are we not seeing these things? It's not like we're in Anfield who have redeveloped their stadium and can't afford to put a screen in show us the bloody replay we didn't see anything um and i i don't like that it doesn't feel right that we didn't at least prove it to me that it wasn't yeah it's the transparency i think that i like i don't think there's any sort of conspiracy i think there's incompetence but i think the transparency of not showing it is the thing that frustrates me like 
um, yeah, just just show those incidents. I haven't seen a a, a close up of that final incident. Um, it's I think it's literally the last last attack we have um, where it's sort of the scramble. But yeah, Jesus thinks it's a penalty, goes down and, and doesn't get it. But mm. I, I did feel like there was a point in the game. It looked as much of a penalty to towards me the end as that, the Diego Jota one against Liverpool. It it had that for me yeah, that I mean, same it, look it, of exactly. I've gone down very easily here. But let me yeah. see what that looks like because, you know, the Otter one was given. So, it's the consistency thing, isn't it? That that's the issue there. But it felt like to me towards the final knock into the game, Jesus was playing for penalties. It didn't feel like he wanted to score. It felt like he wanted to win a penalty. Um, and there was a few moments where he went down or he miscontrolled one. I think that he, you know he could have done better with, and it felt like he was waiting for contact. Um, a, a minor frustration, I think, with his performance because I don't think he was on his game. I think he he should have scored, like you say. There was there was some clear cut chances for him, but um, look, th- that's it, right? It's three three. Um, game over. Well, you just, one point. Just to come back before we sum that up, you're talking about Jesus playing for penalties. I felt there was opportunities where I think I remember Ben White was in the box and was kicked. Martinelli was in the box and was kicked. And we don't go down. But if you had of, those would have been the kind of stonewall penalties. But because we are honest and trying to just score in those um, instances, there was a part of me that was like, that's maybe where we should play with the dark arts a little because there were some far more obvious um, instances of contact where we stayed on our feet and kept running. Yeah, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. I think the um, the, the yeah the decisions like it's like I said at the start again. You just need decisions to go your way, and it felt like they didn't in that game. It felt like everything was going um against us um not just refereeing decisions but you know just the way the ball bounces sometimes you know you just get that feeling that it's not going to be your day and yeah that was one of them yeah i think i always find one of the most obvious instances of whether the ref is somewhat against you or not is the goalkeeper time wasting part and when you get to 65 minutes being the first time that you're actually even mentioning it to the goalkeeper and yet you still then allow him to do exactly the same after you've brought it up to him, that tells you everything about how the game is being refereed, I thought. I feel that for our games, we need the better referees for the rest of the season, the the ones that deal with uh, the pressure. I can't remember who that ref was now or even which game it was, but at the Emirates... And it was his first time reffing at the Emirates and he had an absolute mare and just kind of bottled it. I can't remember what game that was now. Um, but uh, we need the Michael Olivers of the... Well, just basically him, I think. And what's Just the... him. Just him and maybe get Kalina out of retirement. What's, for what's the bald guy's name? I can't... Taylor? Anthony Taylor? He's not uh, bad yeah. for us. I mean, I thought it was very generous when we won the cup final against Chelsea that year. Um, so I'd, I'd take him 
those two for the rest of the season. And Oliver pisses me off sometimes, but at, at least I don't think he's completely incompetent. Um, I would I would really like you to do a list for me because whenever whenever I see you know it gets announced yeah. what referee we're going to have nine times out of ten I think I don't know whether they're any good I'll just message you because <laughs> you 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 Paul, have a really um, Paul Tierney good memory and also some some real um, axes to grind axes to grind is a good way to put it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll remember with, all of with the a lot of them they stitched us up. Or the times that maybe they've been really lenient, like I say, uh, cup final time, we have had games where he's refed us, and uh, he's he's kind of made up for being as lenient as he was in that cup final. Um, but yeah, like Paul Tierney, absolute prick, terrible decisions. Uh, referees us like the away side, no matter where we are. Um, yeah, yeah, let's not go down it. Three three, we. Uh, <laughs> Three all, and um, we fight back, and we showed a lot of character to get what's our third draw in a row. Um, and obviously, at this point in the season, with as much on it as there is, there is a lot of scrutiny on these results, on these performances, what they mean, um, and what can now happen or can't happen and so on now i saw one of those graphics the other day on instagram of where you've got everyone they show the club badges you know one to 20 and it plays over each week and you bobs up and down with your league position we have been top since the second or third week of the of the league we dropped off for one week when City had beaten us and gone top, and then we went back. We have been there the entire time at the top. And that, for me, is astonishing for where we have come from in the last couple of years. And I'm so thrilled. Um, and I've tried my best to just enjoy what's happened and what is happening. And the fact that we're feeling so exercised about these things because they matter the most right now. There is nothing more important than winning the Premier League. I'd love to win the Champions League, but for me, your bread and butter is the Premier League. You can you can win a Champions League with some heavy doses of luck. You need more than that to win a league, 38 games, especially spread out as far as it is this season. I mean, can you even believe that the Tommy Tuchel-Conte handshake um was this season like that's how long this season has been and we've had dips blips wobbles whatever term you want to use we've had them already this year when we went to Everton and we lost when we you know really shouldn't have um I'd have to look back at what other results but I'm pretty sure in there there was another draw even in that point of what was a wobble for us um and we steadied it i think obviously the loss against city uh, i think that came shortly after we have had these results happen yet we have stayed top we have had three draws yes you could easily look at all three of these games and say that six points dropped yet we're still top this is a team that has scored more goals this season a total 
than the Invincible season did. And we're doing it against a team, well, obviously not against a team week in, week out, but we're doing it in competition with a Man City side that are as good as they are and have the depth that they have. And I wanted to talk about this. For me, I've been thinking about this a little bit. We have a title-winning team. We do. We can win this title with our team. The advantage that Man City have is they have a title-winning squad. And, yeah. and that is our difference right now. We are holding on by the skin of our teeth with uh, probably what would be a third-choice centre-back uh, in Rob Holding. I think Tommy Asu would be in there or Ben White would have been moved inside and Tommy Asu on the right maybe um, ahead of using Holding. Um, Zinchenko's just in the last few weeks had a little bit of injury issues. Um, Partey, I still don't know if he's 100% fit. I think we're still guarding him. I think that if we were winning against Southampton on Friday, Jesus would have only done 65 minutes. Um, he would have been brought off for sure. Um, we are nursing a lot of things at the minute. And if people want to think about things negatively, go ahead, fill your boots. Um, but for me, to have all of these different things to point at, that people can point at and say that's a negative, yet we are still five points clear. Yeah, City have got two games in hand. One of them is against us. Uh, for me, we have absolutely overachieved on any of my wildest dreams for this year. And I am so grateful to the team, to the club, for pulling that all together. Yeah, um, really well put. I, I share that those sentiments because, like, it's whatever happens in these last six games, it's been an incredible season. It really has been an incredible season. The football we've played has been some of the best that we've played, <clears throat> just ever. Yep, some of the best ever. Not the best ever, but some of the best we've played ever. The points total we're going to end up with. Um, even if we lose another couple of games, to even if we lose another three games, is going to be one of the highest point totals we ever get. Mm -hmm. Probably the highest. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I've never really spent time looking back at really old leagues. Obviously, you and I are around the same age. Uh, early 90s for me is when I was into football, 91, 92. Um, I think this will be. I'm, I'm just going to look it up. Carry on talking, but I'm going to look up, say, 98, uh, how many points we had, and 04, how many points we had. Yeah, yeah, find out. But, but like, we're... We, there's two ways to look at a season, right? There's looking at your season and what you've done and what points total you've, you have and how many goals you've scored and what games you've had. And then there's looking at that in the context of the table and seeing where that puts you. And sometimes you can have an incredible season and not be in the position that you would have been the season before or the season after. We're up against a, a city squad who, just on the pitch, have incredible talent. 
and that you know they're a titan of football every single player is incredible i saw some city fans um i think can't remember whether it was an article in the athletic or or um a podcast but they were talking about having to play um their fourth choice centre back or something like that because Nathan Ake is injured and their fourth choice centre back is Amaric Laporte. Yeah, I was about to say Amaric Laporte. They paid like sixty five million for yeah. plays for Spain. You know, he's one of the best defenders in the world. Barcelona wanted him a season ago. You know, that's the depth they have. And I'm kinda of surprised they're able Ake to... is ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. And they're able to rotate and um miss a player like Phil Foden who was injured for however long and it's like he's not even there. They're able to um you know bring in incredible quality in every single position and they're the only team in the world who are able to do that. Um just because of the depth that they have. You know, you look at I can't remember what season it was. Was it twenty nineteen when Liverpool got like ninety seven points mm. and lost one game and finished second? Last season, Liverpool lost two games, I think, and lost the league. Like it's, you you have to be perfect to beat City to a title. Yeah, ninety-seven but points to you ninety-eight could, that year. Yeah, ninety-seven, and they lost one game, right? Uh, yeah, Liverpool only lost one, whereas City lost four. Like what? What an incredible season to have! I mean, that's seven points more than the Invincibles got, and they finished second in the league. Yeah. That you know, nobody remembers. Oh, you you know you got ninety seven points and you scored loads of goals and whatever, but at the same time, Liverpool fans have to be really proud of that team and that achievement that season mm-hmm. because you can't always just look at it as oh we finished second because the other team were uh, better than us and that's I think where I am with this season, like whatever happens now. I'm so proud and so happy of the way that the club has developed. Um, Everything on the pitch, off the pitch, every single part of it, academy, um, women's team, every single part of it is, is fantastic. And there's so much um, to be happy about. And all these foundations are in place for us to have a really successful period that if it doesn't go right this season, I'm sort of at peace with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. That's not that's not like that every season. You know, you can have seasons where you're you miss out by points on things you want to get, and it can be incredibly frustrating. And um, there's seasons we missed out in Champions League, where uh, in qualifying for it, where it was incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. But this season, I'm I'm sort of okay with finishing second if that happens. Um because I just think we've made a massive step forward and like we, we shouldn't be where we are with the squad that we have. We're exceeding the expectations that we could have had of fans. And I think we're, we're getting everything we can out of the players we've got. Yeah. If in a, in another world, if everybody stayed fit all season, we were able to play the same 11 there's a chance we could have done it and we could have kept that gap, but it's just that's just not the reality. No. You know, we're always going to get, get some injuries during the season and we coped so well with some of them. Like when Party wasn't there, we coped with it mm-hmm. for a period. When Jesus wasn't there, Nkete came in and did fantastic. Yep. 
um, it, it's just hurting us at the moment that we're, you know, we don't have Saliba in the side. And that's not a slight on Rob Holden because I think he's doing as well as he can. And I think he, you know, he has the support of, of a load of um, the fans, a majority of the fans. Yeah, me for sure. He's just not as good as as the player that we have in, no. in you know, the, the, the starting berth. And I've um, said it. And that's all right. I've said it a lot to you as well, like in, in defence of him, that from all accounts, he has a huge impact on the team and the glue that helps bind them all together. So and you need players like that. They don't necessarily have to be the best in the world. You you don't need uh, a Neymar in there or someone like that. You sometimes just need the person who brings the squad together. And I think he's that player, along with um, someone like El Nenny who also plays that role. Um, I The only thing I disagree with you on is about being satisfied or happy about the second. I will struggle with that if that happens. That will take a bit of time. I think my question is, and we've talked about this ourselves in the last couple of weeks, regardless of what happens where we finish this year, first or second, do you think we now will go out and do the business we need to do to start building that squad that can win the Premier League and the fact we're going to be back in the Champions League? That's now confirmed. Yeah, I trust. I trust the recruitment side. I think the not so much the recruitment side, really the, good. the choice of player. Do we think we'll get the money to be quick in there? Because there's a couple of people who we want, wanted, that have continued to play well, and now other other teams will be involved as well. Whereas in January, when we went in for Caicedo, for example, I believe it was only us. He's just had a, done if you saw, he did an interview or some quotes have come out, and he said he was close to leaving. Don't know how much of that I believe. He might think he was close. I think the way that Brighton are run and the way that their owner was a staunch, this deal is not happening. I don't actually think he was close to leaving. Um, I think that might have been people telling him that we'll make this happen and it didn't. But, you know, Liverpool apparently have ended their interest in Jude Bellingham, which would mean that someone like a Declan Rice, someone like a Caicedo, will be on their radar. I guess my question is, will we do the business quickly like we did with the Zinchenko and Jesus, who I think even they had special circumstances attached to their transfers. They had the Arteta influence. Um, so, yeah, I guess what I'm asking is, will we have tied down four or five weeks after the end of this season, Declan Rice, Caicedo, if those are the two that we're going for to add in those positions, will we not faff about on transfer fees and just get it done? Because of I think we'll try. We well, I think we'll try and do clever business again. I don't think we'll be overpaying if we think a player isn't worth it. We've seen. Um. You know, we've seen clubs make bad decisions with spending a lot of money <laughs> um, just over to the west of of where we um, are located in London. 
And I think I've said to you before about buying from a position of strength, and I think that's the position we're in. I think because of the positivity around the club, because of the um, the, the style and the way we're playing and the way that things are set up, the process is there. And I think if you bring in, it doesn't, maybe we won't get Declan Rice, but if we bring in a player whose um, style fits us, I think it will go well. I don't think we're going to buy a player and they're going to be awful and it will go horribly wrong. So I I sort of don't care who we get in a way, although I do really want Declan Rice. But I don't think we'll just go out there and get deals done and pay over the odds if we don't think the value is there. And I think that's the right way to do it because otherwise you end up you end up overspending on a player for their name when you can get, uh, we've talked about this before, like having a list of players and Mm -hmm. if number one is not working, then we don't get them. Look at the situation we had with Mudrick. Yep. That he was, he was the number one target, obviously on our list. And for whatever reason, money, whatever, it didn't happen. We couldn't get him. So we went, okay, who's second Rafinha. We can't get him either. That one's down the toilet. Who's third? Trossard. And we bring in a player who, if you'd said to most fans, and certainly me included, which of those three do you want? He would have been at the bottom of those three. Mm -hmm. But it turns out he's been a fantastic signing because he fits into what you're doing. And I think the club will try and... I think the club will use that as an example of we're not just going to buy somebody because... They're in a they're they are the right fit and they're the number one. I think we will look at a variety of players and I don't really care who ends up turning up. I think there's loads of players that we can get um, that will do a job that needs to be done. So uh, to sort of sum that up, I have full faith in the recruitment side of things, but I don't necessarily think it will get done quickly. I think it might take us a while and it might be deadline day again that we're waiting for you know a move to be made but if it's the right one in the end then it's the right one yeah but that kind of frustrates me like you look at say Gakpu um and and how what a player yeah what a player I mean I watched the Liverpool game yesterday and the only time I saw him was when he was getting subbed off that's how good he was um but that so for example that deal was done very quickly, the player decided he wanted to go to Liverpool. And I think that is a position we are now in. I think we're, you know, certainly back to being one of those teams that players will look, have looked at what we've done, how we're doing it, who is in our staff, who is in our team, and want to come and be a part of that. And I think someone like a Declan Rice is in that category i think he does want to come to us um i feel like a caicedo would be someone who will go wherever the highest wage is and who's willing to pay the crazy transfer fee that brighton will slap on him um there's no better team in the premier league at selling players in brighton and getting crazy money for it so i'm sure chelsea will just be like oh a billion sure why not just add it to the other billion we've wasted on 20 other players um 
and here's a 35 year contract. You, you have to be the manager the year after you retire. Um, I think that that stands us in good stead too. I just, yeah, I just look at like, say that Gakpo deal and think we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to be quick so that we don't have long drawn out sagas um, where uh, certainly my patience gets tested, but also, you know, the opportunity and the chance for other teams to come in and get involved increases. That's all. Yeah. Um, Like I think conversations will already have been had with agents and whatever. They'll know whether that can rise is interested and, and whatever um, already. But yeah, it's one of those where every, I mean, I don't know who's going to be bidding for Declan Rice. I don't know. But there will be other teams in the Premier League with the the pulling power to go up against us for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly and, the financial power. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't even think... I don't even think the... Bellingham one is is a simple one either. I think again, you can make a case for quite a few teams going for him, um, and these players are really hard to get because there's not many of them, and everybody wants them. My worry would be you pay a huge amount for a player like that, and when it comes down to it, it doesn't necessarily solve all the problems that. You, th- you thought you had and actually you could have got somebody for a lot less um, from from a different place so I, I don't want to I don't want to sign players for their name um, you know Bright- Brighton's a great example right who go out and recruit players from all over and how much would you play for for their players now Kaseido or um, Matoma or whoever it is and then they move and you think, oh, actually, they weren't actually that good anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like Cucurella, who Chelsea played sixty million for, obviously they overspent, but he looked a world beater at Brighton. And now you think I wouldn't oh, have gone with world beater. He us. looked good, um, but I never thought he was like the best thing since sliced bread. And I personally, um, but yeah, good old Chelsea. Oh, I'm sure Chelsea will give us some more laughs. <laughs> do you reckon they'll replace Frank before the end of the season? I think there's a good chance they do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would be wise to. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, the next game is defending champions Manchester City at the Etihad. And yeah, we will hear, if we've already heard it, a hundred times in the last couple of days, we're going to hear it even more. Haven't won there since 2015. Um, really tough to beat. They've got Haaland. They've got experience. They've done it all before. All of this, they've been able to rest. You know, their bench yesterday in the cup game was, yeah, lucky them. It's all very much everything being stacked against us. What chance do you give us going there and winning on uh, on Wednesday? 
Um, I'm going, so I, I give us a huge chance because I'm going to be there. It's going to be the first time I've been to the Etihad. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. At the moment, anyway, I won't be looking forward to it when I wake up on, on Wednesday morning, I'm sure. Um, we're really good. We're really, really good. We are. And on our day, we're as good as they are. If our day comes on, on Wednesday, then we can beat them. Um, you know, I really believe that. And if, if again, it's not luck, but if we can control what we can control and some things go our way, then there's no reason why we can't beat them. You know, we're top of the league for a reason. And there's not as much pressure as there was two weeks ago on them, but they still have to try and win that game. They still have to try and get us, sorry, get a result in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise it throws things open again for us. And, you know, who knows? Um, but I fancy that there will be some more twists and turns this season. I do, but, you know, we're using that a lot uh, and holding on to that as much as we can. Football's a funny game. And... I always think, I've said to you for years, when we go to the Etihad, oh, we've got to win, we've got to win, and then we get smashed 5-0. Um, and Granit Xhaka gets sent off or something like that. Uh, it, if you'd have said to me before the Liverpool game, if that was then us going there, I would have given us a better chance than now. I said to you after the Liverpool game, maybe this is the example we can hold up in the team meeting and be like, right, we were cruising here and we took our foot off the gas and we've dropped points at a a team where we should have won and we could have won. Then we did the same thing at West Ham. And I was like, okay, well, let's use that as an example too to get back on track, put Southampton away so that we're looking good when we go to the Etihad. We then play Southampton and have a bit of a mare. So I hope again we can look for the silver lining and be like right okay so we've had this mini blip whatever you want to call it yet still in that blip especially the Southampton game you know we we came back and got something instead of kind of giving it away are we in the right place to go there and finally get that result yeah I think (laughs) <laughs> Did that sound like I believed it? <laughs> um, it we'll edit that bit out. Yeah, of course I do. No, we'll, um, we'll leave that for look, look, um I think. Look, I, I think the players have done incredible stuff this season. They'll believe. I don't think they'll they'll go into that game with doubts. It's it's almost, and this is you know this is you know, I wouldn't have said this if we hadn't have had these results. But it's almost easier now to go and play. Because you know you have to go and win. Yeah. There's not there's not that um panic of, of trying to hold on to something and making sure you don't lose. Yeah. No, you just gotta go and win the game. And if you lose the game, you lose the game. You're you're already in a you know, you're already sort of trying to claw our way back into it almost, it feels like. But at the same time, if we go if we get a corner, right, in the first minute and Rob Holding scores. We're eight points clear. 
with you all of a sudden uh, you know the pressures the pressures on them and the the narrative changes and you know, maybe they come back and win the game from that position or or whatever but yeah loads of things can happen there can be penalties there can be red cards there can be set pieces all stuff that could go in our favor um so we don't know yeah, but, but two, I, of them, two of those were down I firmly to believe that you just said there so I don't think they will well, there you go. Yes, it could be. It could be a referee who wins us the game. Who's refereeing it? Don't know. Michael I don't Oliver? think it's been a, a. Don't think it's been announced. Uriah Rennie. <laughs> yeah, old school. Dare so. Um, but um, I, I think yeah, we can I, win. I think we can do it. I, I think. We I, can I would. Win. I would love to see. Do you know what? I, I know um, we can win. I know win that we've got a team capable of winning there. Even the team that we're putting out right now is capable of winning there. Um. Watching the, for example, watching the Liverpool game yesterday, and they, Forest kept pegging them back, and Liverpool then managed to kind of get back in front again, but they didn't have to put in anywhere near as much as they did to come back against us. It's going to be, we're going to need City to not play well to win. I don't think we can go there with them playing their best football. And with the team that we've got right now, maybe if we had all 11 plus a couple of subs all perfectly fit and we were also playing some of the great football we were playing, uh, you know, like when we were beating Fulham and, and stuff like that. If we went toe to toe with both in good form, both with um, around actually the FA Cup game, we were in good form as were they and we had everyone fit. I mean, I think we should have won that game. That was a really lucky goal from Ake in that game um, so I think we can win but I think we're going to need a little bit of a City dip to win it yeah I mean look I think we've played them we've played them twice and we've matched them Yeah, and there's been little moments in boxes that have cost us um, results and even last year and there's no the reason why it can't Emirates. go our way yeah, even last year, the New Year's yeah. Day game at the Emirates, like we we we've played. The performance has not gotten the result in the last couple of games against them, um, and I hope that this is the one where finally we get the result we do deserve against them because they have gotten lucky. I think in the FA Cup game they got lucky. In the New Year's Day game uh, against us, they got very lucky because the person who scored their winner shouldn't have been on the pitch. Um, the one at the Emirates, until they got ahead, they then streaked ahead. Um, and I think before that, it was very evenly matched. So, yeah, I just really hope we can produce the Anfield performance from the first half for 90 minutes. Yeah. We, we need that. If we're going yeah. to win there, we need that. We won't, even with that performance, we won't be able to pass the ball around and almost give the Olays after 20 minutes like we could have at Anfield. Um, but we're going to need that performance to win it. Um, so fingers crossed we can do that. Here, here, and uh, yeah, you lucky, 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 lucky. Get enjoy the game. We'll try to. Yeah.
It's going to be a nervous one. But um, look, be there. We'll support the team until the end and um, whatever result comes out, comes out. Um, I've, I said a few weeks ago, I don't think the City game is the one that decides the league. I think there's there's dips and results to to come that in other games that will affect us. I just hope that we've had our blip and, um, you know, if we do win, that there's no more dodgy results for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, they, you look, you look at their schedule and there's games there that I look at and maybe it's hopefulness, but there's games I look at, look at I think they aren't easy. No. Um, you know, this idea that we're sitting here five points clear and we bottled it is absolute madness. Yeah. Again, that's like, that's just there's, narrative there's a lot. being pushed to sell clicks, and that's that's what that is. And hopefully, people can see through that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to play out yet, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do the rest of the season. <sighs> gonna fucking do it. Gonna win the league. Gonna win the league. I hope so, mate. I really hope so because we deserve it. And these things, um, again, I'm trying not to be negative, but there are instances you you can lose the league in the first five weeks of a season. Like if we start next season, we everyone stayed, we've added a couple of players, but we lose four, draw one, and we're already ten points behind because of the you know the the levels that the league is at you almost say, oh, crap, that's going to be tough to peg back. Um, the fact that we had such a good start this year, I think, is what built momentum for us and got us to where we are, uh, coupled with our ability and skill and bravery. So I just hope that, for me, is what we remember going into this. The bravery part... Um, that yeah, we've made some mistakes recently that have led to goals um, from being in possession. But I hope we don't go there fearful to play that pass, fearful to play that ball, fearful to take on that man, fearful to run at them, all of that. I hope that we can go there and play our way and hope that that's enough. And... I think Saka's got something in store for us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that'd be some story if if he's the one to do it. I think uh, I think there's a couple of goals in there for us from him. Yeah, my fingers are crossed. I believe I want to I want to get to Wednesday as quick as possible. <laughs> Same. Let's crack on now. Let's play him now. Yeah. Well, no, but uh, yeah, Wednesday's going to be. Uh, a tumultuous day. So to all of those going, enjoy. Um, I'm sure you'll be mobbed by fans of the podcast at the uh, at the game. Um, <laughs> uh, you're signing autographs and whatnot. So uh, good luck with that. And um, that's about it. We had a couple of other things like we talked about off air to talk about, but we've already chatted for quite a while. So I'd say probably leave those alone. Maybe talk about them another time. Yeah, there'll be there'll be other opportunities um, to to go and uh, chat through what what we thought of various parts of the season and to look ahead, I guess. Yep. 
Um, one thing we should mention, um, and I will mention, is I've watched the... You, you might not even know the result of this game yet, but there was the first uh, semi-final of the Women's Champions League. No, was um, it on YouTube? It was on YouTube. I'd kind of like to watch it without knowing the result. But I can't. Can, I know well, that. that I can, well, all I'll say is I can tell that we've that won game happened. You wanted to bring it up. That game happened, and the second leg is. Um, Go on, talk about it, because I can tell that we've won. Because you want to bring it up. Uh, we didn't win, actually. No, didn't we? Um, God damn it! We you did get it. a two-two draw. Were we um, home or away? And I think it was away. Frankfurt, yeah. Um, and with the injury crisis that is rocking through that team at the moment, with it's nuts. I mean. Basically, half of half the team out with ACL injuries. Long term, yeah. Um, it it was an incredible performance, um, and real gut and character to to get a draw against one of the best teams in the world, um, in Wolfsburg. And yeah, the the home legs at the Emirates. I think it's in a week's time on Monday, a week on Monday. Okay, cool. Um, I think there's loads of uh loads of fans. I think they've opened the upper tier for it. Yes, I did see that. I think it'll be a be an incredible game and the way that it's um set up now for a second leg be huge yeah fingers crossed uh, for a champions league win that would be amazing because they deserve it again they've been i've not watched many games this year i've watched four um but have kept track of their results and what they're doing and like the men's team they've really dug in in a lot of times like right now with missing some of our best players and not just the best players in our team but some of the best players in the world um yeah and we're still you know we're still up there in the wsl we're fighting for the champions league um yeah i really hope that i'm, I'm glad that they didn't lose and uh, yeah bring it back to the emirates and hopefully a big crowd can really help push them over the line get them to the final yeah where is the final for the ladies yeah. this year? Do you know? Uh, I think it's in Holland. Okay. You fancy it, do you? Uh, what, going to Holland? Um, <laughs> no, not really. I did look at oh, the cost okay. of flights the other day um, to come back. And the era of off-season, and when I say off-season, I mean like kind of uh, spring and autumn um, flights between Canada and the UK where I used to be able to get a flight for $600, um, whereas yeah. during the summer holidays, it's 1400 Those no longer exist. It's 1400 if I want to come back, which is a lot at the moment. So that has thrown that into doubt somewhat, but we'll see. Um, still, I said I wouldn't make a decision until the first first week of May. So, Yeah. See about see what happens on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Shall we leave it there? Get this out to the lovely um, listener. I think so. Yeah, the lovely listener, which is basically me and you just listening back. I don't even listen to it myself. It's just (laughs) one of us. It's just it's just the Arsenal team. They're the only ones who listen, so that's fine. Cool. All right, mate. Well, yeah, good to chat on here again, Um, and and good to talk about football like that and a long and in-depth way. Uh, Like I said earlier, for any of you listening who do go to the game, enjoy, have a great time. Fingers crossed we could get the result we're after. I'm confident. I always am. 
this team deserves our support. Do not leave early. Um, and up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Come on. Come on.